Is it for real? We used to love it then. We watch it now. We don't know if we like it. Is it for real? You're listening to Is Is It For Real? This is Philip. And Katie. And Bridget. It's Philip's birthday. It's your birthday. Was that what that music was for? (laughs) Thanks, y'all. I have to say, we're going to let you introduce this because this was your pick, but like this (laughs) was the first time we've been actually recording on someone's actual birthday i think i don't know if we've actually recorded on an actual birthday there's been a birthday we would never record on my birthday because i don't (laughs) like to do anything that resembles work whatsoever on my birthday oh yeah well happiest of birthday to uh phil and congratulations on on working on your birthday twice (laughs) yeah i know so take take it away um so yeah this week was my pick and we watched the 1997 mind bender that is Luc Besson's <laughs> The Fifth Element. Uh, is mind bender a category? Yeah. I think, yeah, sure. Anything if to, it is, this one's in it. Like <laughs> center stage, this one. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so I guess I can... Uh, wait, do, oh. Do we do, do the, the intro? intro for- yeah. yeah. It's your birthday. Um, it's your birthday. Getting it's old and I do. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, well, our introer is someone who usually watches these movies with me, but oh, yeah. could not this time because she's in a foreign land. Um, but she was able to send uh, the intro for this one. So without Ooh. further ado, Nora <laughs> L. The Fifth Element is one of my favorite movies. Um, Luc Besson, I think, is my favorite director. I just love his crazy movies and how he always puts very strong female characters in his movies and how fantastic they are. And um, that movie is definitely his masterpiece. Uh, And I remember it. Actually, my first memory of this movie was when I walked uh, into the room where my parents were watching it at night because probably I needed some glass of water and I, I I saw them watching the movie and they told me that it is the fifth element and that it is not a movie for kids and I should now leave uh, this is kind of the first memory and then obviously I watched it later when I was older and it it's just great um, it's just so funny and action filled and has all those great characters in it and for some reason this whole like elements like water earth um, air and fire was like something that always fascinated me when I was younger and that kind of hit the total spot of of everything in that movie to the plot um, I actually it's been a bit fuzzy I remember it's the future and we have cab driver Bruce Willis in his absolute prime who uh, has a woman falling out of the sky onto his cab and she's half naked and has red hair and barely speaks. And so I think he takes her to somebody who then explains that she's very special and that they need to bring her somewhere. And that, again, th- this is going to be a bit fuzzy for me. I remember they had a ticket for something which they used to go to this other place where this really crazy radio host, um, Chris Tucker, is. And then they listen to the music from this alien opera singer, which is uh, one of the most awesome scenes because there's also a fight scene 
in the middle and I have this futuristic movie and then people fighting and it's just great. Uh, and they find the stones that they need, the four elements, and uh, the girl, Mila Jovovich, is the fifth element, and they need her to activate something ancient in an ancient cave. And I probably skipped, like, a ton of things. But there's also a bad guy um, uh, who has, like, half a plate over his head who wants, I, I don't know what he wanted. He wanted probably to destroy the earth. And they are fighting against him and then they activate her as the fifth element and everything is great again and they win. That is basically what I remember. That's that's really good. That's like the whole movie. That's what I yeah. remember about you it. You don't need your notes. Yeah, I don't. Actually, I do need to explain that. I don't have my notes. And uh, this is <laughs> Those the first some time. Notes. Yeah, in like in 90 something movies, I don't have my notes tonight. So I feel very like uh, uh, walking on a tightrope without a net. Mm -hmm. You'd be freeing, you know? I don't remember anything. We've watched like 93 movies. I can't even remember what I ate for lunch. Mm -hmm. So I'll do the best I can. Luckily, this movie is very straightforward. Yeah, Yeah, super crystal clear. Uh, Yeah, we can go into our levels. Uh, Mine is just going to be a salad spinner i'm a big Mm. uh gary oldman head you know big fan (laughs) (laughs) um and uh even though he doesn't like this role i just yeah i i I loved him in this movie and i i don't know why i sort of remember he he stuck out in it especially his like headwear uh, I don't know. It just, it did it for me. Um, yeah, I saw this and I'm sure in the theaters back in the day and I've seen it, I don't know, three or four f- times since. So I'm well acquainted. I'm going to make my level dream diva um, because I don't think I've seen this movie in its entirety, but I, Chris Tucker, like with that, like Egon style hair is like such a, like that I knew, I knew like who was in it. I knew that it was like a very, like kind of, I don't want to say a cult classic, but I knew that it was like a very popular film and I kind of knew the tone of it. But that scene where the diva sings, when she came on the screen, I was like, I thought I dreamed this. <laughs> like I thought I had dreamt something similar and I was like, oh, I must have seen this scene at some point somewhere it was on the background uh so that was real trippy to re-experience what I thought was a dream of mine (laughs) uh come to life so it's like I was familiar with the whole color scheme and tone of this film but I think this was my first time watching it all the way through my level is going to be swim up pool I also thought I have never seen this movie uh or heard of it or breathed it but apparently I was at a swim up pool or what a, you know, like a, a movie night. Yeah, what is that? Okay. At a pool. Oh, like a, dive, like a dive, a dive in, in yeah. where this was playing. Uh, and a friend of mine was visiting from out of town and was very excited about it. And I too only have seen like the diva scene and thought I dreamed it and made it up because I, when it came on the screen, I was, and there was like, a pool involved. I was like, I've seen this before. And yeah. And Jeff was like, yeah, we were at the thing with the pool. And it was, I was like, I don't remember anything about it. Um, so yeah, up, up till that point, I had never seen it. So I've only seen the the diva scene and and from a swimming pool. It seems to be a popular scene. Um, so. Yeah, um, I guess we can, because uh, there's there's a bit to go through. Yeah, so you're going to have uh, to take us there. Dive in. 
Yeah, I mean, first, just the credits rolling through, and the one that popped out to me is just costumes by uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I remember them being wild, but didn't actually realize that they were done by a um, fashion person. Yeah. That's what they're great. called, right? Fashion, fashion person. Fashion person. Yeah, it's I'm kind of interesting know. when, like, somebody who, who does, like, couture or, or fashion, like, bleeds over into the movie or theater world. And that happens sometimes. Um, but but typically those are like very separate roles, which is very interesting, even though a lot of clothing worn in stage and film is like actual just regular clothing mm-hmm. uh, that people wear. And some of it is like fantastical, like, right. I don't know, you'd think there'd be more more bleed through, but I don't think there yeah, is. I mean, there was a scene or like something I read where he clothed like 500 extras or something like that in, you know, crazy get ups. So it's just, I did. It, it started to make me think about like, cause I was paying attention to some of the costumes and it started to, I started to think about like how much a costume designer would think about the functionality of someone's costume. Like there's those police guards that have these like giant bulb lights on the chest. And it's mm-hmm. like, was that, is there a whole backstory as to why that would be helpful? Like why, or is it just like, let's try to make these guys the wackiest we can make them look, you know? Well, and it's different in film versus like theater or like what, what I do which, because, you know, a lot of costuming and theater is like just built specifically to be taken on and off your body really right. fast. Right, right, right. Uh, but with, there is things that have like electric running through them, but then you're like involving whole other departments and you're trying to, you know, it's, it's really fascinating. And I'm sure there is a whole backstory for designing it that way based on conversations with the, the director and the crazy conversations I'm yeah sure, exactly you know, yeah over cigarettes and yeah and well cheese. especially because they're building this world right this world that we're not in so I just right. kind of spent so much time being like why why the helmet for Gary old like what is that serving what purpose is it serving or like especially those police guys I'm like is that does that light their way or is it bulletproof and anyway, I think it I all started with the fashion of it and mm-hmm. then they sort of work the functionality into of why they would be wearing these yeah. things I mean so the we, budget for this is extraordinary it's like so would we say that this is fashion forward then <laughs> sure (laughs) i don't get why i don't because i was gonna say it's like oh they started at the fashion and then moved backwards from there like oh my god it's fashion forward (laughs) i did i went to a to z sorry yeah (laughs) i mean i i guess we before we jump into it we should say that luke basson like started writing this in high school when he was like 15 and then developed it as like a novel and then eventually you know did his other La Femme Nikita's and the professional and all that. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. was able to get the funding for this. Um, and then he just it spent... feels a little bit like somebody wrote it when they yeah. were 15. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> totally. I mean, we but, but that evolved, but like, oh, yeah. yeah, like I, I feel like I feel like there's actually some like not great representation about women in this movie. Um, and maybe I haven't seen his other things to speak to his strong female characters, but uh, I don't know that I see that in this. I mean, there there are moments, but there's like a scene later where it's like, oh, that sort of defeats most of it. But um, yeah. So anyways, we are in sort of early 1900s Egypt uh, with Luke Perry. Oh my gosh. Every movies in the 90s love to start <laughs> at like early 1900 Egypt. Like this is, I think I talked about this at another podcast we did, but this is this trope of like, 
there's a crisis in the real world, but we're going to flash back to something like ancient and slow and like a little child will be running and you'll follow him to like where know, our action scene this is. a lot? Is it- it's a trope. Yes, it's a thing. Have. And it's like, it, I feel like it's in Star Wars movies. And yeah, it's in, like, totally. I don't know. It's That's in Game of Thrones. Me of. Game of Thrones and Luke Perry is Dylan McKay. Yes. He does not change or, or fray from his character. When he perfect a role, why change it? You know, <laughs> like, like that is... Well, they liked it so much that he is like sixth build in this right. movie. I, know, I mean, I don't crazy. understand. And he's it. not in this movie. Jeff was like, if that, if you like Dylan McKay, that's all you're gonna get. And yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> it's, I thought he it's was wild. In the future. I know. So yeah, I mean, we they're doing some sort of dig. His like professor that he's working with finds out too much, and this priest is gonna murder him with poison mm-hmm. um, to. Pre- protect this secret that I guess they've been protecting for years. And of course the aliens sort of fly down um, and Little show up. aliens. So is this kind of to solve the whole mystery of the pyramids? It's like, Oh, the aliens obviously built the pyramids. Yeah, I think so. It's yeah. And why are people so obsessed with stones? I mean, I get it. Or wait, what one, you know, stones are cool. I don't have to tell you that. <laughs> Two, would we say that the stones in this movie are a MacGuffin? Yes, they are an actual MacGuffin, right? Yes. Yeah. They oh, are. so because they're so happy about no, that. It's not really about them, but they, yeah, but they are, right? Isn't that what a MacGuffin is? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, they it's have just a an purpose, excuse to but, go from pla- yeah. places to places, it's like driving the plot. Okay. Yeah, and that, yeah. Um, there, this movie also, I was having like I'd blink and I'd be like, "Am I watching Dune? Am I watching Dune?" Oh my gosh! I kept yes. like thinking I was watching Dune. Oh my gosh! Like, it especially the first like twenty to thirty minutes yeah. until we got to Bruce Willis. I was like, "Oh no!" Right, right when we got back, we go back from Egypt to New York City, present day, like three hundred years in the future, and everybody, you know, everybody in the past and future is wearing robes always in these movies. And um, Annie turned to me and we both were like, we got doomed. Yes. <laughs> I thought you doomed me again. I was like, I, I don't understand what anybody's saying. They're all like, yeah. and the stop thump and the beep bop. Yeah. And then like another just weird ass thing comes in the room. It's like yeah. a warthog alien and a tiny head alien. And I'm just confused already. And I'm like, oh God, but I, it calmed down. But to me. be fair, I mean, where Dune dune to me was that the whole time like that was so frustrating about dune is like i can't learn this language i cannot learn this and this is like reading shakespeare the way it was meant to be read like i was like oh okay i'm getting it i got it i'm in the world now yeah i feel like they're just sort of like throwing you into that world and then you sort of acclimate to the temperature of it all pretty quickly um yeah uh we we do have the line before we shoot to the the future where it's like war is coming wait 300 years and then evil's going to show up and you know and one of the aliens gets stuck and gives him a key yes um is is that the hand by the way that no. we, yeah oh isn't well, it <laughs> oh my I, god I, I, like you a, both know and you yeah and like the, the hand the Mila, the Mila, the Mila Jovovich turns no, into that, oh it that, isn't that was from the crash um when the like little war dog guys uh what are their names the warthogs the, yeah like, the, i call them trolls or i don't know they yeah. mangalores the mangalores um, oh but they're the same kind of alien they're different no they're different completely oh, two different wow. species mangalores and then the 
like Mundamans or something like that. The Mundamans. The Mundamans Malls. I think that would be an amazing mascot. The Mundamans Malls. They're the Mondashawans. Mondashawans. Okay. Yeah. Well, we could tell it what superficiality understood this movie, I guess. But I did have, before we leave Egypt, because now we're in New York, I guess, um, I did, I, I had a question for German Corner, or maybe more of a comment is like, uh, I'm, I'm just curious with our introducer, what you think about, um, that is it the teacher that like encounters the air aliens and asks like, are you, are you German? Um, and I, did you get catch that? He asks, Wait, yeah, well, I had to ask my seatmate, the about professor, this. the Egyptian archeologist professor is, is in, confronted by the oh, alien. Gotcha. And he's like, are you German? Like, um, you know, like, cause their enemies they're, they're far in their yeah sure and then i was reading that in german that line is are you earthly are you from earth which is interesting mm. yeah. no i i completely missed that i guess it's you know that was sort of riding the whole raiders of the lost ark and all that yeah kind of stuff. i'm sure yeah. so maybe it's supposed it's to be like 1930s like around, yeah yeah i was gonna say like war war timey kind of. yeah 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 anyway more of a comment than a question i suppose <laughs> look yeah. how much i know <laughs> Is my comment to Norrell, I suppose. <laughs> so we have, I guess, the sort of big bad in this movie, which is just pure evil, which is the weird planet thing that sort of shows up. Right. And then we get like a poor man, Star Destroyer, um, shoot shooting at it with generals. I, I was calling it like the nothing because it's, yeah. it's very, yeah. Everything and nothing all Is at that once. the deal? It's like just going to suck in the universe. It's just all expanding darkness. You know, sort of, but then it's like it wants to get in the middle of the stones and that's what triggers it. So I don't know. There's like, it should have left it off at like all it has to do is expand and that defeats it. But it, there's another line later where it's like, no, it, it, it wants to stand where the fifth element would go and that's going to make everything well, destroy. It feels like it's this juxtaposition, I guess, between love and hate. Is that kind of the right. like, light, light, darkness, life and love dark, and hate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Re- real deep stuff from 15 year old uh, Luke Besson. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I love all the military people in this movie. They're yeah. just bringing this weird ass vibe. Um, what is it? General Monroe. Is that the guy? Is that the main guy? The older the guy, guy with the teeth? The like, yeah. really I was going to say with teeth. the nose, but yeah, like the older guy with the beret, who's kind of the lead guy. Oh yeah. The double Wait. berets. Why is everybody wearing a beret? You're either like a red beret or a brown beret. I can't remember now, but I, I did make a note I, about it that. All goes back to fashion. I'm sure. I think well, all these decisions were just made by <laughs> Gautier. I know? was saying this uh, before we started potting um, it in with, with Phil that like, there's a big, like demolition man vibe to this movie Mm. and a lot of the costuming, but just the sound effects and just Mm -hmm. the sped up, just the chaos, the future chaos Yeah, is it really reminded me. Yeah. The way everything's sort of in the upside down and up, not, you know, yeah. The future, there's no gravity or like up and down. I think it's just like, I assume that the premises is like, just like demolition man, like, you know, LA had an earthquake. So now there's like, yeah, the upsides and down. I think this premise is like, we've just built up and up and up and up and up. Right. Like yeah. there's so many people that there is nowhere but to build, but up. Yeah. So now we live like up. up. Yeah, that's true. And then one of the generals is also, he was in Blade Runner. He was one of the uh, bad robots. Oh, um, we didn't the, mention the, that this is a Bruce Willis smoking jacket. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
Do you know what? I don't know any other movie we watched with him. Hold on, I'll think about it long enough. His like most famous one. Oh, look who's talking. No, of course. No. And Die Hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but well played, Katie. Got yes. it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I just got it. Okay. That was cool. Amazing. Cool. Um, and then we also get the appearance of um the president of the federated yes. what is it territories which is uh tom tiny lister yeah um, it's pretty awesome from friday and mm-hmm. i mean he's been in a bunch of stuff yeah yeah i enjoy him in this film and then i assume this is kind of when we meet bruce willis right or not quite like in his apartment that's kind yeah, of yeah basically right scene, yeah. right after that we we get a little bit of this new priest that's in the oh, yes. log line and his oh. assistant who's wearing like some sort of devo hat why is everybody a father why are there so many priests well he's like the main and his he's is it ian holm what is this guy's name yeah because i know him from like the guy he is so recognizable to me as like the father from garden state um mm. i feel like he's been in other disaster movies i just yeah he's he to me was a very oh he yeah. was a hobbit he was, oh yes uh, and that too yeah bilbo yeah. baggins or whatever bilbo bilbo um and then we meet we're taken to bruce willis's apartment i think and meet who i feel is the same lunatic lost at sea from Waterworld. like this robber <laughs> that tries to rob Bruce Willis is one of my biggest bummers of the movie. Just like this. And I was so glad that the film didn't stay with this intensity of insane giggle lunacy where this guy is just can't get it together. Like laughing, crying. Like he has a hat. Like the wheelies and yeah. Oh, it's so disturbing. He is a member of the wheelies. That's for sure. His hat is a picture of the inside of like. I think it's a camouflage. I suppose. So he stands in front of the peephole, so it looks like no one's in the hallway. And then when they open it, he like puts the gun and then you know robs them for money. Yeah. Now is this apartment though in some sort of like government military subsidized i don't under it feels like other people are in control of it i think it's just sort of this dystopian future not a great apartment building i mean he's like a a bad what about cab the thing driver where you have to put your two hands on the circles so people can see you or not i think that's like the cops sort of it's like a judge dread sort of thing which i thought the police helmets were a little bit sort of reminiscent of mm. some of the Judge Dredd costuming. Yeah. So all of the apartments just have the double circles? I think in this like sort of rundown apartment I complex see. is my guess. Yeah, maybe think, everyone does. I think it's just supposed to be like everybody's built up. So you're essentially just all living in pods and you just like sleep and work is what mm-hmm. it seems like. I will say one of my favorite parts of this movie is Mr. Kim who peddles his like Chinese food over there. And I was like, I, that is a really creative a way. Yeah, yeah. Creative way to think about the future. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that of like, Oh, this is how people are going to dine in the future. Like food comes to you, which is almost like weirdly yeah. like Amazon future, and food truck, future order food truck. up. Yeah, totally. Uber eats. Uber but eats. Even, right. 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 That it is always fun to me in these movies about what the future is, because there's even things where they're like, their their own imagination doesn't see past like the reality of where they currently are like I remember at one point somebody's talking on like a future phone but it very much is still like a pay phone mm-hmm. like it looks like yeah. a pay yeah. phone that's like the future there's only or, there's only so far right your brain of course. Can go because I mean the Jetsons 
they, they, you know, they're, they were close. They were pretty far from where they were. I know. I I mean, I, I noted that with like, they still have to swipe their ID badges. They still have to like, like have their ID. It's like a laminated piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. It's more like a chip reader though. So that's something, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. We also get just the like cigarettes that have like a huge filter on them. We have Mm. just the instant beds and all that. Yeah. Future. Stuff. But you still can have a cat. You can have a cat. I mean, I, this and the alien, you know, cats oh in the God. future. The, oh, that I elephant. just remembered that elephant, that gay pride elephant. But I, I will say I looked up <laughs> um, does the dog die.com highly recommend, which isn't only about if dogs die oh. in films, it's about animals. And because I, I saw that cat and I'm like, uh-uh, mm-mm. like I will turn this movie off if that cat <laughs> is just brought in to, you know, be tortured later. Well, I mean, Dune. did uh, he get a no. cat sitter for it? That's a good point. That's a good point. So maybe he was like tortured a little bit, he but automatically um, said. But it said that there was no animals. Hurt. They, I think they talked about the bugs that like scurry from like the undercarriage of that plane, like all those little like oh, the, right, the right. popples that come the out. <laughs> yeah, but was I was gross. delighted. I was like, okay, all right, we can keep watching because I really was convinced that like the only reason they were introducing this cat was to do something terrible to it I think it was to show his like little baby humane side Mm -hmm. yeah speaking of just things that might have died do you think Luke Perry died in that first scene yeah Yeah, they couldn't have let him live right well, Who's right, they? Otherwise... The aliens? No, the like priests mm, that are protecting yeah. the secret. No, he didn't make it. They like just poured that poison in his mouth. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he tripped over the chair pretty bad too. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I think he could have really hurt his back. Clumsy yeah. Luke. He didn't make it. He yeah. didn't make it. Um. So yeah, we have. Of course, he drives a taxi. He's low on points. Um. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, so he goes out in the world and then the the friendly aliens return, the little like armadillo wobble people um, and instantly get shot down by the other guys, but not Mundam and Mall guys. <laughs> I'm going to keep forgetting their names. Let's see. It's, and I have it written down all the way at the end. The Mangalores. 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 Um, and so everything is lost and, you know, the president is is angry. The generals are angry. Yeah. Uh, this president to me seems like he's not assured of his work as the president. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He just yeah. seems like a little like uh like it's his first day or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like to be the president, what what is this year? Three hundred. It's, it's like twenty two hundred. It's like three hundred years. I mean, past. I don't know. I don't even know what that's like. But he just definitely is not quite a, an assured yeah. president. I mean, there's a time at the beginning where I was general excited there was a the black missiles. president. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah. But there's a time at the beginning where he's shooting missiles at the the evil, and the president goes, "You know, I have doubts," and the other guy says, "I don't," and then instantly pushes fire. Oh yeah. And it's like, aren't you gonna wait? to hear if yeah, like, like, I the don't president really he, wants you to do this. I don't think he has the power. That's what yeah. Mean. He's a puppet, I guess. Mm, he president got, puppet. Because he's so big. He's a big old guy. Yeah. Well, are we to the part with, I originally thought it was a grasshopper that they brought in in a glass case, but it's a hand. And so, right. 
So why does that turn into Mila, jo- Mila Jovovich? Because <laughs> um, they have the super DNA machine that can a like recreate it. It looked like a 3D printer. Yeah, yeah totally. It was a cool little scene. Yeah. So they're taking the DNA from this hand, which is one of the Mondalman malls. Yes. That got cut off. And yep. then they're recreating what something. the genetic makeup of it. Right. He does have that explanation of like their genetic makeup is like so much superior to 300 ours. 300 like, DNAs, yeah. Like double helix or is that the deal? It's like there's just so many oh, more right, chromosomes this, That's what they said. Or, it okay. was some, some hand-waving bullshit. But, yeah. um, <laughs> totally, literally. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it felt like the Jurassic Park like video you watch uh, before, right, yeah. the, before going through the, the amusement park. Uh, but yeah, it... it builds um you know Mila Jovovich now I just okay this is where I gotta just start diving into this so she's she's basically a fish out of water right very she's a little mermaid yeah splash a little bit of Nell sprinkled in she's even dressed like they dress her like she's dressed in the shipwreck like they're thermal bandages thermal bandages well I thought that it was I thought that that was like almost like restraints that they had on her that no they were no thermal bandages it was a sexy bandage outfit that covered nothing of her body (laughs) and gave her permanent underboob i've heard this trope described as born sexy yesterday is that what it is like i've heard of the born sexy yesterday thing of like splash like daryl hannah from splash and nila jovovich is often brought up and who else? And it's essentially like, um, yeah, I mean, I guess just what it sounds like. Like yep. pe- women that like are, they're not young women, but they were born yesterday. <laughs> like they became con- conscious, like they need a man or whoever to like help them around this world. Yeah. But they're like super sexy, I guess. That's not the best way to She's describe that. She's sexualized. Yeah, no. I don't know. Like Daryl Hannah, I don't know if is, is as sexualized as as Mila Jovovich is just in terms of like the gaze right like not the gaze not, <laughs> but like the g-a-z-e of sure. it all right where the fact that like we I don't know I kind of found the whole thing like really disturbing well that um, lead colonel colonel Monroe or whoever general Monroe says something like I could I should take a few pictures like for the archive which is gross like that's a total like male gaze thing yeah military gaze gays in the military that <laughs> he is gonna make a <laughs> but i also feel like um that i thought that was like a kill the cat kind of thing for him because then she like punches through the glass and i'm like well i guess he's such a sleaze bag that we don't care and i thought she totally ripped his heart out that's what i thought happened <laughs> yeah i did too she yeah. has a lot of control to punch the get the glass then <laughs> slow down her yeah. hand to then just sort of like push him over because it's supposedly unbreakable glass. Right. And in this scene where she is crawling around that glass tube, Annie leaned to me and I will say I had some cavities filled yesterday. And she's like, this is you at the dentist. This is exactly what happens. I'm like, you're right. Because I just like arch my back and I'm just trying to get out of the chair and people, yeah, it looks just like. (laughs) Yeah, it was very uncomfortable. It's not Mila Jovovich's fault. I'm just, I just. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I just and and there was a couple moments too where I was like, 
oh, she could be really strong or she could be really powerful, but it's completely dumbed down by the fact that Bruce Willis has to like translate for her almost the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just the language. Like you said, it's this sort of like, oh, what's a fork? Right. Um, when clearly like in her own world, because she's like studying all of US history in three seconds, she's very smart, but still like she doesn't get to be smart right away until it's yeah, it- like, They sort of yo-yo her back Mm -hmm. and forth between being this like super smart, independent woman. Then it's like, no, you are a complete baby, little baby, little baby in a skimpy outfit. Oh God. And their other outfit. I I know we're not there yet, but let me know when I can talk about it. Yeah. So basically she, you know, breaks out, jumps off a ledge, falls into Corbin Dallas's uh, cab. Yeah. And he, and he's getting in trouble by the police and he's like, gonna not, you know, like he's going to try to follow the law, but then she's reading. Suddenly she knows how to read. I know. (laughs) In the back seat of the car, it's like, please help. But I guess she is really smart and having to. So it's like that picture is obviously someone who's asking for help. So I'm going to say. How does she know that in that picture? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even really well, tell. I don't know what the picture was of, but. The, that's that's a less difficult question because it was like an orphan or something it like that. It was like yeah. a kid, like a starving but kid. How would she know to put those letters? That's right, what I mean. The phonetics, <laughs> the phonetics of it is tricky if you've never heard anything and never the seen alphabet. anything. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I mean, I keep on forgetting that she was just born sexy two minutes ago like she was yeah. just created that day because i'm like oh she's she's a world traveler she's probably and had if, to do this before, but like, oh, no, did just to create her from scratch like why give her that like ronald mcdonald hair like yeah those bangs like looks I like was, a child cut her hair and it's I was, been never washed oh i know i was reading that like mila jovovich they were dyeing her hair that they color tried it for a while yeah and then they it, it got so chemically um, like ripped apart and was breaking that they had to have a wig at some point. I'd be interested to see like which scenes were with a wig and which weren't. Um, yeah. Uh, and then this part to have a real throwback to this podcast, this part of the movie really read to me as Roger Rabbit. Cause it's like yep. this taxi cab driving through yes. Toontown as fast as it can. 100%. Like, 100%. Yeah. Hi Eddie. And, yeah. yeah. And yeah, this totally. is where we start to get a little bit of the, sort of more obvious comedy of going on with like the cops that are chasing him and like the future McDonald's. Um, oh, they love, I was, uh, I was talking to Annie about that. Cause then like every, you know, reminding me of demolition man with Taco Bell. And I was like, God, every futuristic movie loves to tell you where McDonald's is today. I know. And she was like, yeah, but this McDonald's French. loves that. I know. Well, it's like, is this movie? Well, they paid I was like, for it. Well, right. do you, I wondered that like, is this movie sponsored by McDonald's or cause she was thinking like the movie is French. It might be like, just shitting on American culture. No, I as think well. they French McDonald's love McDonald's. 100% paid money to get because mm. it was in there multiple times. Lots. Um, yeah, that was like yeah. a main a main source of employment in this world is McDonald's. Uh, so yeah, uh Corbin Dallas decides to help her. They zoom around, then he takes her to the priest cuz mm-hmm. she says Cornelius um and Yeah, so- that was a hard yeah, that was hard to follow. Yeah, but anyway, she gets there. Um, right, I was like, how did they end up here? How did they end up at this, like, library apartment? Future but... phone books, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Then we have, like, a little Snow White scene here. Ugh, gross. Well, 
I had the note of like, yeah, my biggest bummer followed by a Hummer. Ha- absolutely. I had the same thing. Cause I'd completely forgotten about this scene. And I was like, when he goes in for the kiss, it's like, Oh, good God. No. And then yeah, she immediately puts like a gun to his head and is like, no fucking way, dude. And I was like, yeah, I like had yeah. completely forgot about that. I, I fully agree that it is a bummer Hummer where I, it was such a weird departure kind of from his character in the tone. Like what, why are you doing right. this? And then I think it's to set up Bruce Willis uh, being like really delivering. I, what I think is his comedy chops because then he's like, nope, 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 nope. You are okay. <laughs> like it was, I actually really enjoyed how he played that off. Like how he right. was teed up to play himself off as a, a total jackass and i think this was meant to and maybe failed at empowering her like she's the one that gets to say when you do what um but it was it's like a big leap to go there like it, it was like a lot of digging to, right to, yeah. Set, yeah. To, to set them they both put up themselves in a hole to then yeah, get out i mean they, totally. i think they got out but it was like why start your yeah yeah um so when do we get to talk about her second outfit Go ahead. Uh, I don't know when they change. A little bit later it's on. There, I thought. Oh, I thought it was. I mean, cl- well, no, you're you're right. It's we we get introduced to Zorg. Um, they like cut Zorg. to there, and but then it comes right back, and then they get her clothes and then little makeup machine. So it's like this teeny tiny white shirt because this the other star of this movie is her nipples. Um, <laughs> they are erect and present during the majority of this film, uh, starting with her inside the machine. And then she's wearing a orange crotch hoister. Like what oh, do we it's a Borat like out swimsuit, basically? Yeah. Yeah. It looks right. so uncomfortable. I'm like, what I mean. Uh, I was calling Tom Hanks. Bruce Willis's tank top is also very uncomfortable looking like the chafe factor of yeah. like rubber on your under your armpit, like must not be great, but like they're color coordinated in this sort of like yeah. neon orange situation. I just don't know where this came from and why this priest like had this laying around for her to like put on. <laughs> That's what it seemed like. Where he was like, "Hey, I got like a little thing in my closet you can wear." Yeah, it's they're like wild, m- murdering hookers <laughs> and then collecting their oh clothes or God. something like that. Put on these tight gold pants. Yeah, um, you're gonna love it. And then we get uh, a little bit more on Zorg, and then his little like Mangalore sidekick slash opponent, um, Agnot. And then the, the like, he wants the stones. They didn't get him to him, so he like only gave him a few guns. And then of course, they push a little red button, and it blows mm, up. Right. Yeah. I. I mean, Zorg. So, what is on Gary Oldman's head? Like, why the half helmet? It kind of looks like the corrective yeah. helmets that like <laughs> babies wear these days. Do you know what I, I mean? also want to talk about his rainbow turtleneck which was like shiny. He was basically like in a, in a pride month turtleneck. Oh, I don't know if I noticed that. (laughs) It was sheer and shiny and rainbow and it was a turtleneck and it was fascinating. And then later he turns into like Katie Lang or like, I don't know if it was like, he's his whole outfit evolution. It's like pinstripe Madonna Vogue. It's a, it's a, a wild performance to the it, that Gary Oldman to me is out of like the movie wild wild west or something like he <laughs> just the southern 
Yeah. Um, it's so, it's so interesting the way he performs that. And I know I was reading maybe the same thing that you read, Phil, where like he, I guess like the, the director had like funded one of his other right. movies. So he's like, this was a favor. I was just, this is exactly what I had role. to do. Yeah. yeah. He hates it, which is so interesting because oh. it's kind of iconic. Like it's, it, it's strange because he really full, like brings it to a weird place. And I mean, yeah. he's had some very like, dramatic yeah. like impressive roles in some really bad movies so i don't and not right. saying that this one's bad but it's like i don't know why he singles out this one as like hating it yeah i'm yeah. not quite sure either probably the hat. the hat i well i hate to bring him back is there an explanation for the hat like it, it, i just want to know like it's not like he lost half of his half of his head and this is a prosthetic it is a fashion choice i, I think, think it's this is the fashion of the future when wild, in doubt like, it's a fashion choice yeah. okay jpg yeah like you, you don't will. know what the world is like fashion is going to be like a, this thing you don't understand it's gonna it's gonna be incomprehensible kind of a thing and then um we get they they get the priest they bring him over and this there's this whole thing you get your little elephant creature oh my god and then the analogy with the robots um and chaos and how oh, it like all the life. things that go wrong yeah where he, he breaks a glass and then he's like see i, I did a little chaos oh, yeah. and destruction and look how much life that brings and all oh. these robots and stuff like that is that the scene though where like he tries all of the tricks he has and none of them work or they all yes. like shoot back yeah. and do it wrong it's where he's choking he's, he's like choking. has a glass of choking. water with a cherry and you, uh, yes. you hear the robot voice just say a cherry it's <laughs> a cherry and then the elephant can't do anything which he totally could elephant could stick his snout down yeah. like he has the perfect vacuum I he's a lazy elephant lazy he's elephant. a lazy elephant he's so cute and, it, and i was so worried about the elephant too it's like oh my god is this going to be like gump from return to oz is this animal just being tortured but i think he was him and gary oldman were just really good pals like I think they were treating like each other well. He kind of lives in his desk and like a yeah. little shelf. Yeah, he's just like laughing. Yeah. <laughs> oh so my god. Cute. Um, I also would. I mean, there's so many good costumes in this, but his like little thugs that come in, <laughs> um, to take away are just wearing like black bike shorts with then skin tight <laughs> black shirts and these like little. What are they? Uh, purple hats. The, yeah. the hats in this are just amazing. I know yeah. the whole hat collection. It's wild. And. Let's see. Um, so we get Evo's getting closer, um, and they decide to recruit Dallas to go to Floss because here's your MacGuffin. So all the stones are actually yeah. in Floston Paradise. Um, <laughs> I know. Is that a Floston Paradise? <laughs> like it's like I, Lost in Paradise, but like Floston, like. I Why? just heard it when I said oh, it there, yeah? so I, I had not <laughs> before that. Yeah. I guess so. It's so I don't funny. know. Um, and then of course Zorg wants to go there as well to get. He finds out through the little cockroach spy. Um, yeah, basically everyone's going to Floston, and they're all using. And yeah. Bruce Willis won a trip there. Well, yeah, this needs to be explained to me. I think okay. is this an, a manipulation? Right. So the, this is where it's we're all in the apartment and we find out that he's won this contest. And basically the military rigged the contest so he would get there so they could send him to get the stones. Mm. Um, and then everyone else sees that he won it and they're going to like pretend to be him. But <laughs> right at the airport. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Whatever yeah. that terminal was. I was reading that about that terminal that. There's a lot of apologies for like the garbage 
that's just stacked up. And I guess like there was a deleted scene or a cut pl- side plot that like one of the, I guess the Mondalman mall people or whoever it is, whose job it is to like collect the trash are on strike. So there's a bunch oh. of scenes with people just like on strike and then they cut that scene, but they didn't huh. cut the garbage. <laughs> so it's How like- French to have a strike. <laughs> yeah. Right, um, right, right. But yeah, like I didn't quite get that either. I just assumed because it was the future, the trash had piled up at the airport. I don't know. It's I think like- it's like not totally normal, but yeah. Okay. But it, we'll we for the, in the apartment scene where we have all the hijinks of putting the, uh, military people in the freezer and then Lilo goes in the shower the priest goes in the bed and you know yeah he's uh, of course so she many, goes in the shower it's like inglorious bastards like he has so many places to hide these people in his tiny little apartment. none of them safe though no I know kind of like inglorious bastards mm-hmm. and then um <laughs> this is where I'm like that army guy is still alive I couldn't believe that this guy had survived Mila Jovovich punching him in the heart <laughs> um and so and then he's yeah he, he sticks them in the freezer so he's alive after that too right like it yeah. seems like this movie is it's not so dark like almost no one actually like dies like it's kind of just like I a feel like a lot romp. of people died at that titanic cruise explosion, ship explosion yeah but like we don't know that like true but like the main character it doesn't feel like it doesn't and feel also like when the, that... the whatever they were were just like shooting everyone inside of there i felt like some of those people died too but there's like a loon I, I get what you're saying katie that there's like a looney tunes yeah aspect to this like maybe if people get shot they don't die unless they're okay. like an opera singer um right that's a good point but yeah, so then everyone sort of converges on the garbage airport um, and we get, let's see, Corbin and uh, um, Lilu Dallas multi-pass. Right, this is um, the multi-pass scene. And also just no woman in this movie is like wearing clothing that covers her body. <laughs> the, yeah, the- Especially these women that work at the airport. Oh, right. Yeah. Those uh, flight attendant outfits are, yes. yes, they are once again, fashion, fashion, yeah. or fashion. the, the two Mangalores in disguise who the one woman has like a cutout, butt. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 They, all fashion. fashion, 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 fashion. Um, let's see. And then I... we get. I wish I was just going to say, I'm sorry if I'm skipping ahead. I wish for an airplane where they put a sleeping putt pass, whatever. And you just wake up and you're there. That's Mm -hmm. all I've ever wished for my entire life. So if that's coming in the future, I can't wait for a space flight. Sure. But it's probably going to be more like an alien where you just wake up and puke up water and then Mm -hmm. don't feel great for a while. Um, We let's see. I wanted to say, so we do get Chris Tucker showing up. Oh, right. Do, hosting his like, so who is, is it film? Where, no, it's where radio. Can, it's radio. Okay. Or I thought they said radio at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. It's where funny is, though. Cause he's very dolled up. Yeah. Yeah. He's like super made up, but he's like, yeah. And he's like clearly like talking to somebody. I think it's being cast on film, but I, like, I agree you just, with you. The, the cameras, yeah, like you the can't even see them. They're so either they're tiny or they're from above or something. Mm-hmm. It's the know, future. It's, yeah. It's in yeah. his hair. That's why it yeah. pokes out so totally. far. Um, yeah. His hair does look like a boom mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, although I do like the, uh, 
what, what was it? Egon. E- e- Egon. He I was looks like, just Igor. like no, Egon, from right? the cartoon, like, especially. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That huge swirl. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, we get the sleep regulators. We have a Jamaican ground crew flame oh, yeah. throwing out right. um, the little like truffles or whatever they are. The little popples. Yeah. Popples. Popples. Um, and then we, of course, get the priests sneaking into the landing gear, which is very. Yeah. It's dangerous. Commando. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this before. We did Commando. during Commando about yeah. how all the people oh, right. like Sorry. do that and it doesn't work out for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to think about, first of all, like Chris Tucker was such a big deal at this time with like, um, God, Fresh what was the movies? Yeah, with Fresh Hour. And like, I just feel like he was like the comedian for a minute. Um, but I, it was interesting to think about his outfits because his character in 1997 I think is supposed to be so outrageous and like nothing you've ever seen from a totally different world and I was reading that he was based on Prince which is totally evident well and the, and well, Michael Jackson was, but the uh Lupus on wanted Prince wanted Prince and Michael Jackson didn't get either and so like you know Chris, uh, Chris Tucker kind of based his performance and I was thinking like a little bit of like David Bowie too maybe but like I feel like in 2022, that character is not like unimaginable. You know what I mean? Like, I just remember in 1997, I, I was aware of that character and being like, what is this? This is just totally from 300 yeah, I mean, years it's from now. gender fluid. It's sort right. Of, you know, like, I I mean, it's like RuPaul's I don't, I don't drag remember race, when Dennis like, Rodman wore like more right? feminine clothing, but maybe that was around this time. Well. I think it was yeah. around and this time. People were like, oh, that's so, or like nail polish. Right. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, I do think like potentially the idea of things being a little more gender fluid in terms of clothing. And, and, and you see it on some of the other people too you know yeah it's like you know maybe yeah. just a robe is a gender I just thought it was interesting clothing. to remember back at like how just almost like groundbreaking like just how like in the future this character seemed and then now it's like no like yeah there are like you could see that 3, person on the award shows that are like yeah, this totally well, at the same time it never dawned on me the sort of androgynousness of this his mm. outfits because mainly just because I think it was hit in the face so hard by his character just the speed of it the intense his, and yeah I remember really not liking it especially when he's doing yeah. his radio presence when he just becomes you know off air sort of scared yeah. running around it I think it's funnier and a better character but just uh the the whole radio thing yeah. I, or like when he's on it just it was too much for me yeah I agree it's too much it hurts it like hurt my ears and I also couldn't understand what he was saying half the time so I was like I don't know yeah, he well, cranked it up. like his style of talking was so much part of his persona and comedy at the time too like yeah. that like really like 1.5 like high pitch speed yeah uh, a little more plot. We get uh, evil gives Zorg a call and basically tells him to go get uh, the stones. And we get some more like black goo running down him, like we had the the general at the beginning. Oh yeah. Um, and so he takes another spaceship that catches up to it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then of the the cruise ship lands and or like the spaceship lands and then they board a cruise ship and there's space Hawaiians. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Like, right. welcoming them with like lays and and ukuleles and like what looks and sounds like Hawaiian music. And, and also, drinks. was there really a need to travel this far to, to get go to this ship. place? 
Well, no, okay. It's, this... it's not an it's not a place, right? It's a ship. That's well, what, no, they, they go they to a different said, planet. They said something like there's like 300 beaches within walking distance or something, but like but like the hotel is above it for whatever purpose. Well, no, it's the boat that turns into a spaceship. So at night it goes into space so they can see you can get the view a good or view or something like that. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, but like I don't know. It's interesting. This movie just really doesn't take place in nature at all. <laughs> like you don't get a set. You're just in like buildings, which I find very claustrophobic. Like that's mm-hmm. one of my least favorite things about like dystopian future movies is like, ah, like someone's got to walk on some grass. Like someone's yeah. got to, like, I have to like, it's just literally not grounded. Right. Um, so I kept on waiting for that. And I felt I had the same, I, I, the same thought of like, surely there's this in New York. Like, why would you need to travel galaxies? But I think they are on a planet. We're just not getting to see that. Cause this is the first night and it's like divas. There's like one quick scene where we can see like the boat in like the water. Okay. Um, they blew their whole budget on like, stop motion taxi cabs doing like i don't know what the <laughs> right. like earlier on when the taxi cabs going like boop, 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 yeah you know? right 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 totally or even like the super guns they had a huge stop motion scene with that yeah yeah um and what was i gonna say oh uh so then we get to the diva performance mm-hmm. wow which this is uh luke basson's wife yes um at the time um what was her name up well funny story yeah Um, illegal story she she drank too much blue dye she drank too much blue dye well no they were married at the beginning of this movie and then basically he's married to uh mila he he did yeah he was married to mila jovovich after yeah this movie yeah oh what a creep yeah, this woman's name is Malwen no. Lebesco. I think she just goes by Malwen. I'm not pronouncing yeah. it right. I'm sure there's a different, there's a correct way to pronounce that, but I'm not doing. Huh. But yeah. And yeah, they, it's, it's a deep dive into Luke Basson's dating life and it is. Um, <laughs> Sorted. Yeah. Well, you can't. A lot of underage stuff. Oh, so I'm assuming he's not still with Mila Jovovich. No, they no. Uh, divorced two years later. And then, oh God, who did he then marry? Um, Virginie Virginie Sila? I don't know. I'm sure someone else from one of his movies. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems to be like a thing. running thing. Wow, that... was, she, she was 21 in this movie? Hmm. With the diva or, um, oh, no, Mila Jovovich. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the woman playing the diva, who was his wife, I guess, got the role because the person who was cast like didn't show up or something. And they kind of needed to fill it, which is interesting. Um, and it's interesting to see her face and to be like, yeah, I guess that is that face. But oh. it's just such a different. It looks I know, so I was, different. I yeah. saw that person like in the credits or like when I was researching it, but I was like, I don't see her in the movie. I don't at know all. who she is. Yeah. And I guess I was reading that Bruce Willis, cause he's supposed to be so like in awe of the opera, but he didn't, he hadn't seen her dressed up or perform. So his, his face is kind of like, Whoa, <laughs> like I think his reaction is real. 
Um, it's weird to me that this woman is 46 because like I feel like this movie was from so long ago and then I'm like oh no wait like how I don't she was very young then in this movie well she was really young she's a very young bride yeah um, they like married at like or started dating at 15 they uh, married when she was pregnant at 16 she was 12 when they met when they met oh yeah, yeah. they started rough. dating when she was 15. Yeah. And apparently, like, not cool. the professional, 16, the movie is ba- sort of based on their... Ew. Yeah. Right. Gross. Yeah. Not great. Or it's very French. One of those two. <laughs> or, or both. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was also, I mean, speaking of young women in this movie, meaning Mila Jovovich and Bruce Willis's improvisation, I guess, like, I guess I was I was reading that Mila Jovovich and maybe it wasn't the director, it was somebody, one of the writers like had created a language, like the language that she's speaking. And she's like born in Ukraine, speaks four languages. And she and this other person like created this language that then they mastered and could basically communicate with each other. And I think um, at the first scene where she's with Bruce Willis and speaking in this language, like he had no idea that she was going to do this or what he was saying, what she was saying. So his reactions to that is real too, which I actually think you can tell where he's just like, Oh, what? Like he's like, kind of like, what did I sign up for? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Um, and I do want to say about the diva, cause I read this before I watched it. So it was kind of cool to watch is that I guess like, I don't know if that woman can sing or not, but the way that that opera goes is impossible for human vocal cords, like the range from going low to high. So like they just took someone sang it, but they rearranged it in a way that's like humanly impossible, which is kind of cool. So it was a fun, it was a fun fact to know before watching it. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, that is like wild. That sounds like, like it sounds, (laughs) it's really weird. When you have like pipes coming out of your head, like yeah. the diva did, yeah. it makes it possible, I guess. When you have jewels in your tummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What? That I'm going to have to have explained to me. Like, why does the diva have the stones in her stomach? <sighs> that's some straight up MacGuffin bullshit is what it okay. is. It really, yeah, that's, like, that's the only explanation. Okay. Yeah. Or it's like, I, I guess the explanation would be that's the last place they would look. First place I would look. First place he looked. Good thing she got shot. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> or it's got like the stones are in me, like very much a Zoolander <laughs> of like the files are in the computer. Did yeah. she know um, the yeah. whole time the stones were in her? Those stones are huge. I like, mean, like she must can't, right. You can't eat a slice of pizza. It's just like bouncing off the stones in your tummy (laughs) i'm gonna tell you guys something if i'm ever like dying in your arms and you're looking for something and i say it's in me i don't mean it literally like don't cut my stomach open apparently (laughs) the stomach is already hanging open yeah it was already open i guess you to a hospital or i guess plunge my hand in your stomach those are the Mm. options (laughs) (laughs) it's a tough one (laughs) yeah yeah uh, but yeah, so we get like the Mangalore's attack and people get shot um, and people die. So, I mean, and now I'm thinking the Bridget is, Bridget is right. Um, and we do like here we have sort of Lilu kicking ass and completely like is on the, the upside of her like performance and intelligence and just is handling these guys completely as the deep sings and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then Zorg shows up and blow some stuff up 
The diva gets shot. Yeah, I was reading that this movie, I guess originally he wanted to make it like a trilogy, but instead they kind of, in a Dune fashion, squeezed everything into one. And I think it works, but it's interesting where it's like, when we were talking about Zorg, I'm like, oh yeah, right, there's Zorg too. There's just so many different things going on and there's so much world building as well that I do understand someone wanting to do a trilogy. Like it kind of makes sense plot wise. Yeah, and we have like Zorg shooting stuff, and this is where we have uh, Lilu is down now at the valley of her skills because she just sort of hides an event and gets shot. Um, I don't know. She lost her power five minutes apart. Um, and how does she see. know her name is Lilu? By the way, no, she has she's... a very long name, and then Bruce Willis is like, "That's too long. We'll just call you Lilu." <laughs> Oh, classic. Okay. Yeah. I thought she said Lilu. She's it's like a ten syllable long thing. And then he just shortens it to Lilu. Okay. So at one point she's like, like you said, she I think it's around this time where she's like absorbing, kind of like um absorbing Zorb. Uh kind of like Johnny Five. Like she's just like absorbing all of like US like human history, I guess. And, and like, she ends on the atomic bomb. Like, does that tell us that humans blew themselves up? Like, are we no, I guess we're in earth because we're in New York city, but are we in like a post-nuclear Holocaust kind of thing? I don't think so. I think it's sort of like world war two. I think she's just going through learning that war is bad. Got Um, it. Yeah. This whole thing, this whole scene with this like fighting and Chris Tucker hiding and them all sort of, oh, yeah. it, was just, it felt like the Titanic was going down meets a terrorist attack meets mm-hmm. Dune. Um, everything was Dune, <laughs> but it was just like, ah, it was just kind of chaotic. Mm-hmm. I, stri- I strangely didn't like the first half of the shootout, but I liked the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. I For some reason, the Bruce Willis, Chris Tucker like buddy yeah. cop thing worked for me at this yeah, like, scene I didn't mind that. of just like and like his his jokes were landing for me you know Corbin my man we're in trouble you know just yeah um, I I enjoyed it too actually and then like the weird like deaf movie star and all why what was that that seemed like such a weird joke like I think, yeah there was something that I just didn't get, but he, he was just super dumb and deaf. <laughs> I think from just being in all these explosions and movies. Oh, yeah, I, I think see. that's what it was. Okay. Um, my guess is he's like making fun of like Arnold somehow. Mm. I, I don't know. But... Well, I kind of wondered to some extent if France was making fun of just like US action movies in general. Yeah, Because there was be. a lot of like, even Bruce Willis, who I feel like Bruce Willis has made a career of like, squinting at the camera a little bit <laughs> just like a lot of like looking in the room mirror just like squinting and smiling to the side <laughs> um but uh yeah like there's some scenes where he has like a machine gun it just seems very like a parody essentially yeah um but yeah long story short we have this the huge uh shootout zorg gets the wrong guns he goes back uh sets a bomb and then gets blown disarms it and then the mangalore set a bomb and blow him up and then everyone else i assume escapes and lives yeah i guess um, so i mean there's lifeboats it's like very titanic right. there's just like lifeboats spilling off of this thing um 
And then we kind of like, I guess we learn right at this point that the fifth element is love, right? Because like, because doesn't he have to say he loves her or something? Right. And like they, he's in the middle of the Pentagon. and Yeah, evil is going to Earth and they zoom there and then they're turning on the little things and then they can't wake Lilu up because she's sad um has learned about war and then yeah they they realize that he has to say i love you and they do it right at the last minute it's like something like the the evil stops at 63 miles away which is the where space starts um which is like where is how far up is 60 and it's it was exactly where the start of space is so interesting definitely like sort of a a mcgruber stopping the bomb at one right 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 and then uh, they they need to recharge and they get it on in the little tube again. That was interesting. <laughs> that was yeah, interesting. that was a wild ending to yeah. this movie. Yeah, and, and yeah. Um, and then yeah. we see that Luke Perry gets six. <laughs> He's the sixth person listed. <laughs> well, I will also say, did you specifically notice how this movie ended? Is that oh, with them God. banging in that tube? <laughs> and then there's a freeze frame yeah. as they're banging. Yes, uh, yes, oh, yeah. it is. It is. It's basically like full circle where like Bruce Willis is in a womb. It seems like, look who's talking, but he's a grown man yeah. now in a womb. <laughs> it's like a freeze frame. I mean, I'm a sucker for any freeze frame, but I think that's the first like coitus yeah. freeze frame ever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Really strange. Well, and that is the fifth element. <laughs> oh. uh, um, any other questions that we didn't get to answer along the way? I'm sure Nora has some, but she'll have to like write them in. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I think I asked mine along the way. Um, how about Hummers, Bombers, and Dummers? Um, let's start with uh, Dummers. I've got to find mine. Let's see. I think I'll just say that. Um, well, I think it's. Hmm. I guess the future looks kind of dumb. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. I think the future's fun. supposed to look cool, but yeah, like if 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 everybody thinks the future is dystopian and terrible and awful and like you there seems to be more regulations and more rules but none of them seem to be like like who who is in charge and where's the freedom and what's happening so i'm just gonna give i'll just give the future my dumb rating this week i was thinking about there's something we didn't talk about that um i thought was dumb but maybe it really like tickles other people's fancy but um, we didn't talk about the character of Corbin's mother oh, who was in this yeah. film. Oh my God. <laughs> if I had my notes, I yeah, would have talked about I her know. because I had feelings about her. Well, my feeling at first was like, this woman's voice is too young to yes. be Bruce yeah. Willis's mother. Yes. 100%. This sounds like, like Janice from Friends. Yes. And then I just didn't like the joke. Like the yeah. joke is that he has what I think is essentially supposed to be a neurotic Jewish mother. Yeah. Um. And I, it, it, the movie almost ends with that too. Yeah. It and does. it's like throughout it. And I, I didn't need it. I and... assume this is like a Jerry Lewis French love him sort oh, of thing. Maybe. In, I don't know. Like, yeah, it was so I... stupid. I was like, I don't need to know about Bruce Willis's mother. 
Yeah. Like, where is she? She's in like what's Brooklyn or what's Queens? I guess. Or, but yeah. Like, yeah. What is even that? Like, why does somebody still talk like that? Yeah. Right. Right. You're just like beep bop booping through life. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. It was like a very 90s. Oh, yeah. Such York. a weird yeah. trope. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will do my dumber is like, it's a very like small one, but there's an towards the end or in the big battle, like they've got Dallas uh, cornered and he like gives up and is like, I surrender. Don't, or I'm just a, don't shoot me. I'm some innocent person. And they, they don't shoot him, even though it's probably likely that he's the guy or like, why would they not shoot innocent people? They were just gunning everywhere and he gets out of there and is able to like fight another day. And it just didn't make any sense of just, it was the dumbest ruse that worked on these guys. And I guess they're supposed to be dumb. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. But uh bummers. Now that we've talked about it, I'm just like super bummed out by the director of this movie. I don't have <laughs> I never had any feelings. I didn't know who yeah. he was. I didn't yeah, think of him. One. one Wikipedia read later, and I'm just like, God. Yeah. Creepy. And it's not, it's not even just well, like like meeting somebody when they were 12 and then just being like, okay, you're 15. Great. Um, now we can date. But then also I just, I didn't even get deep into other allegations against him. And so like that just, yeah, it does. It ruins things. It's like, if you, if you're that like fucked up, like I don't know that I can enjoy your movie. Cause like, I, I don't know, but that's the whole, like we were talking about Michael Jackson earlier. Like, yeah there's a big Broadway musical about Michael Jackson right now. And it's kind of like, are we still enjoying that? Right. Um, so life's question. Yeah. Well, that's a much bigger, dumber or rather <laughs> b- bigger bummer than mine. Um, but I had a couple of bummers and I already talked about like the lack of nature and stuff that yeah. sure. always bums me out. But I had this specific bummer of when Bruce Willis, um, brings Lilo to the priest at first and he opens the door and in a very like almost like prince of thieves kind of way the priest is like oh I don't do marriages they're down below and I'm like what about this situation makes you think that these people just got married it is the biggest bummer that that you think that like him having a passed out woman in his arms dressed in like a bandage outfit is like they just got married and it kind need of to get married need, yeah were they need yeah right right exactly they need to get married and i i think it's just supposed to be a throwaway line and like they talk about it even later i think it's like the whole married marriage is on the the first floor i think but it like it is like a window into this world a little bit i think of like is that what weddings look like yeah. um so that bummed me out <laughs> yeah um, mine is just we talked about this a little bit of just sort of the roller coaster of Lilu's skills and just it towards the end now she gets sort of just like beaten up and needs a man to save her and find out about love. It's just like I don't know. Yeah. Couldn't she have just been strong throughout? And there's other ways to work it out where you need Bruce Willis to come in, mm-hmm. or you know, not he he could just be. I mean, sort of in like the, I don't know, Big Trouble Little China where the main character isn't this huge hero. He's just sort of this guy that's around. And I just, I really wish they would have kept her at like peak performance the whole way through. Yeah. Then sort of like, uh, there's a term for when you like handicap or not handy, but like where you like put the brakes on their skills 
Mm, um, interesting. Yeah. Like the opposite of a Mary Jane or whatever. Yeah. I've, I've, there's called. there's some term for it. I don't know. But, I'll have to look yeah. that up. Yeah. And Hummers. I have a specific Hummer. I mean, sure. for, as, for as much as Gary Oldman, I guess, hated being in this movie, I did laugh out loud where I think the priest, after he chokes on that cherry and the elephant does nothing. <laughs> and the priest, first of all, PSA, don't get someone to stop choking by slapping them on the back really hard that's the opposite so you should do the heimlich maneuver <laughs> heimlich, but it, yeah. it works i guess in this movie and he and he leaves and the priest says to him you're a monster and Gary oldman just says i know <laughs> and like i thought it was so funny him just saying the way he delivered it i know i just think he maybe i don't know if he's phoning it in and it just works so well or if he i think, I think he's just he's, great he's i think just, so too yeah. i think he's making bananas choices and sticking with it and his accent work. is so wild and he just he just is like the perfect weird disturbing villain for this movie so yeah that's my that's my homer well, I'll just tag off of it because my Hummer is that little elephant. <laughs> and I like squealed when I saw it. Oh my I God. think my oh. couchmate was very excited for me because it was like something that had me like very excited during the film. Oh my gosh, I can imagine also, that. <laughs> um, watching this uh, for free on Tubi. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. how you all watched it, but uh, it's a free and, and you have yeah. commercials. And actually I was not mad at the commercials. Um, I was grateful for like a pee break. Um, so I want to give a <laughs> shout out to Tubi yeah. and their uh, advertisements for uh, letting me have a pee break during this. Tubi, podcast. you can sponsor us. You yeah, know. Tubi, it's Tubi. not too late. Yeah. Is it for Tubi? Tubi or <laughs> not, not Tubi? Tubi. No, that can... To be or not to be. Oh my God. Giving to you be. free copy editing. Yeah. To yeah. be. Totally. This podcast brought to you by Tubi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my Hummer, it's, you know, in a way, it's going to be everything weird about this movie, just because that's what I think makes it um, the movie that it is. But specifically, I'll just say that the costumes, I don't think I appreciated it back in the day yeah. of just how much attention went into all the costuming of this and sort of, I mean, it's, you know, couture or whatever uh but it's it's amazing that like you could see those outfits today you know maybe not like lilu's or anything like that but just a lot of like you know chris tucker's or some of the other uh things that are going on but just there's so much of costumes that are in this it's builds this world i think that it's sure it's a dystopia there's a lot of downsides but people dress <laughs> interesting um yeah well, let's talk about our outfits. We're going to talk, we'll talk about, about our, our outfits. outfits. <laughs> um, Bridget. Yes. Um, first of all, your your hat game is on point. It Thank is you. just, you're wearing actually three hats. That's it right. is a Zorg sort of visor on one side. It's sort of a priest <laughs> Devo hat on the top. Yes. And then yeah, the other side Devo has like a little uh, Zorg bouncer purple little uh it, what are they uh what are like the amused bushes for your head the, what all the, the british people wear oh, to, like, a fascinator yeah a fascinator Ooh. you know you've oh, got like yeah. a triple fascinator going on thank you um and then your your t-shirt um just says uh Mangalore in the streets Mondaman Mall in the sheets. <laughs> it has one of the uh the war dog guys uh. and a little armadillo little 
walkie-talkie guys. So good. There. I yeah. love it. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to talk about your outfit, Katie. Um, go ahead. Or, okay. or here, I'll, 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 <laughs> well, Phil, birthday boy, um, I love that you clearly got a happy meal for your birthday today and you have those like futuristic looking McDonald's hat on yeah. uh, and then um, you must have gotten in the happy meal like a a pin that has like one of those one of the stones covered in you know special sauce with a sesame seed bun and it says uh, try our McGuffin <laughs> <laughs> it's coming oh, back the mcguffin it you know? is you thought it was it's gone but back. it's coming back oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, katie i hope you're comfortable mm-hmm. in that crotch hugging harness you've been wearing you know it entire time <laughs> it looks it's neon it's it's hugging and then your tank top underneath that says um opera appendectomy we put a hole in one. That's oh man. Company. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Well, you made it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That kind of leotard would make it easier to just reach into someone's stomach <laughs> yeah. and get whatever you want. That's out. what the That's little right. cutouts are for. Yeah. You know? Totally. Like a trap Operation. door. Yeah. Like a trap, trap front. All right. Birthday. Phil. All right. It's your time to discuss yes. whether this film is for real. Is it for real? Uh, you know, there it's it's got a lot of things that probably are a little bit wrong, but it there's so much in it that are just creative and like this thing that you want to watch. And I will say that, you know, for his faults, Luke Basson can build these like weird worlds that have just so much going on in them. And I think there is some funny bits in here. There's some good action. There is crazy fashion. And to make that all that work is hard. And I think, you know, for that reason, there's, it's just worth watching, I think. And therefore it is real. It is for real. Wasn't it nice that Luke Passard had a childhood where he could explore those things? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Bridget, you want to go next? (laughs) And he wasn't married and having a child. Yeah, yeah. I'll lean in. Yeah. Sorry, man. I had to. Yeah. If this movie was like the opera scene that I saw floating in that swimming pool, I might have been like, I think this is for real because you should just see this because this is wild. Um, But I just, eh, I'm going to put it in the quadrant of didn't like it. And, I but maybe you should see it and then I'm still gonna say it's not for real (laughs) just because I'm sure I get why people like this movie for sure Mm -hmm. and I I totally understand all of that and I'll just I'll just be selfish and say it's not Bridget's cuppa this week and so (laughs) I'm not I just it's too much it's too weird I did like the clothing but like if if you have to if things are just like that hard to explain and it's that weird and then there were some just like sensory moments that I was having a really difficult time with too so yeah I'm gonna say it's not for real tiebreaker oh man yeah tiebreaker well I um I do what did you call this at the beginning that uh you know center stage is also a category of Um, like mind bender yeah mind bender category um which 
you know, I love Demolition Man. Um, I will say that like in the quadrant of like, I don't know if this kind of movie is my cup of tea, mainly because of the nature, like the, the, the dystopia, it, it can really stress me out. If it's fast, fast dystopia stress, stresses me <laughs> out. Kind of like fast zombies versus those zombies, slow zombies, like slow dystopia. I can kind of get more, um, a handle on, um, and I had the good fortune of watching this movie without knowing anything about Luke Basson. Yeah. Is that his name? Like Bassan, I didn't, yeah. I mean, I was looking at it as we were going, like, you know, who the cast and crew was and stuff. So I, I understood that he made the professional and Annie really knew more about like Jean uh, Paul Gosler, who was, who designed the costumes. Gautier. Gautier, thank you. Mark Paul Gosler. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I want to put that aside of like, that's really just not factoring into my for realness because yeah. I didn't know. So I watched, I watched this movie without knowing any of that. Um, like a child who had like a child. childhood. Yep. Like a pure un. <laughs> bothered child um but i so i am gonna say that this movie is for real like i think that uh the costumes the vibe like i totally understand why it is such an iconic film and you know it was interesting watching it with annie like both of us just like watched dune like counting down the minutes like this movie like i said like i caught it like i could get it and i really i think annie said earlier like it's not like they dropped humor just on top of it like it really is infused without. I read that Jean Renault, is that his name from yeah. The Professional, was supposed to possibly be the Bruce Willis character, which I would like to see a cut of that. Like, I thought Bruce Willis was really good in this. Yep. And I totally get how Jean Renault would have brought a really important vibe too. Um, but I liked all the actors in it. And I, yeah, I, it just, just like I like the humor in Demolition Man, I really liked the humor in this. And it kind of, kept me along like through the fast paced dystopian action and like yeah I love I really liked the character of Chris Tucker like I think that like the the gender fluid character was kind of important and I thought the soundtrack was really cool uh to this movie so anyway yeah I'm gonna say it's for real also the role was offered to Mel Gibson Oh. oh yes, which, <laughs> which is would have been, that would another different. layer on top. Jeez, I think that would have maybe tipped the scales for me. <laughs> Although I right. was thinking about how when you were saying Bruce, what like um, Mila Jovovich being more empowered, I was thinking about like uh, Fury Road, like that that would have been maybe a better balance of power. Yeah. Cool. Well, are we ready for my song? Mm-hmm. Okay. I wasn't saying it like that. I was <laughs> so, cool. anyway, got it. Anyway, yes. it's the time for the song. Okay, <laughs> that was really just for the, the chorus of it all. Yeah. It was for you, Philip. While you're doinking, freeze, freeze frame. frame. Oh my god, it was for your birthday. Freeze That's frame. Good. Thank you. Freeze frame. Freeze frame. That has the energy of this movie, though. Yes, it does. <laughs> In a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. Like, could you have seen them just and like done the freeze frame and then this song comes on? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that would have been great. Now I feel please. like I would have liked the freeze frame and then just the um, opening like song from Nine Hundred Two One L. Luke Perry just popped. I was here the whole yeah, time, absolutely. guys. Oh, that would have given me a for real. I would have mm-hmm. had a for real rating then. Yeah. Well, thanks, Nora L. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Nora L. 
I happy, love how enthusiastic happy she was. Birthday by marriage, Nora L. <laughs> <laughs> it works that way. Yeah. Happy birthday, Philip. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thanks for potting on your birthday. Yeah. And hey, thank if you. If I can the... do it after surgery, I can do it on my birthday. That's yeah. a good point. You can do it after God. surgery. You can do it after the birth of a child. Yeah. <laughs> you can... yeah. You're really the champion of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks for picking it. I'm I'm glad that I've seen it in its entirety. It was kind of like a missing piece of my movie. Yeah, yeah movie vault. Now I can talk about it in an improv scene. That's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it's an important strain of cinema. I think is like his I think so too. films. Yeah. All right. Well, till next time. See ya. To Louvre.